Check, check, five, four, three, two, one. Brent Mutis here from CapU Department of Athletics and Recreation. Thanks for tuning in. The second episode of the CapU Blues podcast. Continue to look for us on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. And now let's get in to episode number two. Our guest today was a standout volleyball player for four seasons in Blues Colors. We're so happy to have her on the show today, Jennifer Dixon. Jennifer, thanks so much for taking time today to uh, to join us here on our podcast. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. I should probably let you know my name now is Jennifer Knight. Right. But anyone listening who knew me back then will know me as Dixon, so we can go with that. Yeah, and I hope you don't mind that... Uh, <laughs> that's how we're introducing you because that's obviously anyone who's a cap followed cap or played uh, sports at cap over the years. will remember you with that name, but thank you for, uh, for updating us. And maybe you can just go expand on that and tell us uh, where it is. We're catching up to you today and what the last year has been like for you. Uh, where am I today? So I'm um, living in Maple Ridge. Um, I left CAP, took a couple of years off, uh, worked in a restaurant and saved up some money. And with help from my parents, I put myself through psychiatric nursing school at Douglas College. Um, So that was another four years on top of the four years I did at CAP. Um, So yeah, I graduated with honors from uh, psychiatric nursing school and got married in 2014 in Las Vegas. Wow. and yeah, my husband and I live out in Maple Ridge now. We've got two kids. My daughter, she's going to be six in a couple of weeks. Her name's Abigail. My son is three and a half. His name is Spencer. And yeah, living the dream out here in Maple Ridge. Uh, like I said, psychiatric nurse work is very busy right now, especially with everything that's going on in the world. Um, so it's nice to be able to provide that service for people um, during this time. Thanks for that update. That's uh, that's awesome to hear about your family life and uh, how busy you are, obviously. And again, thanks for uh, finding some time today to uh, to chat with us because I know life must be pretty hectic with all that going on. Um, ask you now to uh, sort of just think about growing up and let us know where that took place. And uh, also, what was your relationship to sports when you were a kid growing up? I was a really athletic kid, really heavily involved in sports. Um, I played uh, competitive fast pitch. Uh, I did soccer for a couple of years. Um, always played the school sports, basketball, volleyball. Um, volleyball sort of came into play. I remember it was first offered to us in grade six and my mom was a big volleyball player. I think she played a year with SFU actually way back in the day. Um, and then she decided to get married and have kids instead, <laughs> which I thank her for. Um, but so in grade six, when it was first started, to be introduced, um, my parents really pushed me to try it. And I don't know, being a girl in grade six, I didn't want to do what my parents wanted me to do. So I didn't play that year. And my mom was so upset and I saw how much fun my friends had playing. And so I said, okay, fine, I'll try it the next year. So I started in grade seven and I loved it and I really excelled at it. And that's kind of where my volleyball journey started. Um, and then Yeah, we started club volleyball, I think, in grade eight. And then going into high school, I was asked to play for the grade 10 team when I was in grade nine. Um, And then, yeah, grade 11 and 12, we hosted provincials at Riverside in my grade 12 year. Um, So that was really exciting. We came third. Um, 
yeah, that's kind of what my journey looked like from when I first started volleyball into, um, into high school. And um, yeah, we were always a really athletic family. My brother, he's actually a professional lacrosse player. He plays in the NLL um, for the Calgary Roughnecks. Oh. I don't know if you follow NLL at all. Not, not a lot of people do, but um, yeah, that's sort of what sports looked like for me and my family growing up. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, volleyball is one of those ones where there isn't a lot of it for for really young kids like soccer. Obviously, we know about kids starting that at like four or five, six years old. You were fully grade seven before you seriously spent any time with the sport. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, by then, obviously, people are a little more well developed and the motor skills are in place and you're able to kind of pick something up, especially if you've been playing other sports. Uh, which mm-hmm. it sounds like you definitely did as a, as a younger person. And, but even with all that, it was kind of the social draw that, that, that got you to stick with volleyball because of how much friend, how much fun your friends were having with it. It seemed like that was really the pull for you. It was at first. Yeah. And then I, yeah, like I said, I just fell in love with it well, the first year I played and that was it. And so you wind up obviously doing uh, high school at Riverside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think anyone that follows high school sports, and I think of Riverside girls, sports, basketball, is what tends to stand out the most. Yes. Um, were you involved in the basketball program at Riverside as well? I was not. I played all through middle school, grade six, seven, eight. And then um, I think we, I signed up in grade nine and I might have gone to a couple of practices and it was just sort of evident that it wasn't my sport. Um, okay. I wasn't as good as some of the other players that had come from the other middle schools. And I just, yeah, I'd stopped playing. So it was grade nine that I sort of gave up on basketball and was primarily volleyball. That must have been crushing for them to have a five foot ten athletic person at school that just you know didn't choose to be a basketball player, but obviously you were focused on volleyball by that yeah, time. Yeah, I mean they were com- separate seasons, so I definitely could have, but I just my passion was with volleyball for sure. Anything that stands out about the high school experience, volleyball wise, like how was the Riverside program? Were you successful? And was there provincial championships you yeah, participated in? It was in? amazing. It was amazing. We never won provincials. Um, we won can't remember what they call them districts. I think we won districts a couple of times. Um, and like I said, we hosted the provincial provincials in grade 12, which was super exciting. Um, just to have your own, um, you know, the stands packed with your own fans and some of the guys had written rapids on their stomachs and were shirtless in the crowd. And it was, it was super exciting to host. And it was a bit devastating when we lost that semifinal, but, um, kind of redeemed ourselves and came in third, won the gold, uh, the bronze medal game. Uh, my coach, I don't know, he's definitely not still around, um, but his name was Lawrence Bia. And he was, uh, for lack of a better term, a bit of a hard ass. And he was a tough coach, um, but it's sort of, he, he definitely formed me into what I, I became for sure, a major influence for me. So yeah, that was definitely my most, the memory that stands out to me the most about high school volleyball, for sure. And when you were progressing through, like, when did you think you might have a chance to play after high school? Um, so my dad was sort of pushing me to, to apply to schools in the States. And I don't remember how we did it, but we made some tapes and we sent them off and I can't remember where we sent them to, but we sent them to some colleges in the States and I never heard anything back. And I mean, I tried out for team BC a few times and I never made it. So I didn't, I didn't think I was that good. (laughs) I didn't think, I didn't know if I had what it took to go further after high school. And I kind of had decided that, you know, if it happens, it happens great. If it doesn't, then, oh, well, I'll figure it out. Um, so that's sort of where I was left before I was approached by Wayne, to be honest. 
And was he sort of scouting that that provincial tournament that was at your high school? Like, is that how you got on the radar for him? Do you think? I think so. I mean, my memory is so fuzzy. That was we're going back almost twenty years now. But um, yeah, I think that was where. I don't know if we met there or if he reached out to me afterwards, but I was um, very humbled and just thought like, okay, you know, somebody does want me. This is exciting. So. Yeah. Um, and obviously you, you committed to cap. Um, what do you remember about uh, Wayne as um, when you got under his, got into his program and the influence he had on you and your teammates, what kind of style of coach was he? I don't know if he's, contrasting to your to your head coach in high school but what was your take on his style uh sort of similar he was tough um but he had a great balance of he was so funny and um he cared about us all so much so compassionate um but he yeah he was tough he uh he, he would get he would for lack of a better term rage <laughs> sometimes <laughs> um but it was all all in good fun at the end of the day he just wanted us to do well and he knew how good we could be. And so when we weren't performing, he would let us know. Um, but he was, he was amazing. And I, uh, one of my biggest regrets is that we've sort of lost touch, not sort of lost touch. We've completely lost touch. I haven't spoken to him and, you know, it, it was a couple of years after my fourth year that I think we bumped into each other at a restaurant one time. And that was the last time I talked to him. And I'm, it makes me really sad to think that we don't talk anymore. So I'm thinking right. maybe this would be a good opportunity if you have his contact information. Yeah, well, I should reach we'll, out. we'll find out the power of the podcast here in a little bit once this gets <laughs> out into the world and see if we can recreate some of those connections because obviously no sports are taking place with you know any competitive format at, at CAP right now or any college or university. But, um, you know, once uh, possibly once some of your former teammates listen to this and, and former coaches – I would love, uh, you know, as somebody working at cap in the, in the athletics department right now, once things are back to normal, I would love for us to have some more alumni presence and sort of recreate or reconnect some people that, uh, did big things at cap like yourself. So yeah, I, you know, I'm hopeful like you that maybe this can, can facilitate some of that reconnection. Um, sure. so I want to, I want to spend a little time on that Oh three Oh four season, which is your first year at cap um just looking at the roster and the the picture of the team from that year i think there was 10 athletes and i don't I know so. if somebody was missing or if a few people were missing on uh, picture day or whatever but you know uh, our our team nowadays the women's volleyball team 17 18 athletes is that right I mean, yeah yeah for sure <laughs> wow. and that's sort of how it's been and that's how it is a lot of other colleges and universities but like you couldn't even play six on six in practice it didn't look like no not no not all the time I mean Dej sorry I'd call it, we used to call him Dej back in the day if you're wondering <laughs> who I'm talking about that's Wayne yeah. um he'd have um ex-players come back I don't know if you've heard the name Jillian Hilliard and I think Megan Thompson I want to say okay um to you know, hard-hitting players from a couple of years before us. Um, he'd bring them into practice with us. So it wasn't very often we didn't have um, someone to make up the, you know, the 11th and 12th player. Um, but so, yeah, no, that I can't believe that there's 16 and 17 people on rosters now. That's crazy compared yeah. to back in the day. Yeah, well, that it's surprising, you know, because that's my norm for, for my experience. I kept to look back at some of the early years that you were there, how small the teams were. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, in, in that first year, I mean, you had started to maybe gain a little belief in yourself by being recruited, but what did you expect out of yourself? Or can you recall what you thought you might be able to do at the college level coming in out of high school? 
I was shell-shocked. I mean, it's it was such a big change, such a big adjustment in a good way. Um, my first year was pivotal. It was so much fun. Um, it was about more about volleyball and partying and less about academics for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it changed my life. There's, I wouldn't change it, trade it for anything. Um, when I came out of high school, I was setting and power hitter. So when I was in the front row, I was a power hitter. When I was in the back row, I was a setter. We had this, a weird setup um, where he wanted me doing both. And so I thought I, I, I came into college think, not knowing which one I should be, not knowing where, where I was stronger. And it became very apparent to me that I was going to be a power hitter. I was not a setter. Okay. Um, I played with uh, Michelle Alblas. I'm sure you've heard or yep. seen the name. Um, yep. And she was amazing. And, it, you know, I saw her hands and what she could do. And I was like, okay, I'm not a setter. <laughs> Never mind. I'm just going to go out here and be a power hitter. And that was fine because I think I like that more anyways. But um, yeah, the season went on and I felt like a small fish in a huge pond. And there was some third and fourth year players, um, not on our team at the time, but on other teams that were so good. And I was just in shock and awe that I was playing against these people. Um, and so, yeah, I, again, I, I didn't feel like I was very good compared to all these people. And, uh, and then I got, I think I got rookie of the year, if I'm not mistaken. And I was just, yeah, I was blown away. I'm like, I can't believe I'm being recognized among all these amazing players. Um, so that was an incredible honor in my first year. Um, and coming into uh, a team at cap in that first year, was there players that you had competed against in high school that maybe you didn't know very well that were coming in like you as a recruit or players you were aware of by reputation that maybe you had a rivalry with or anything like that. It looked like there were a few players from the Canby high school in Richmond, Michelle yes. being one of them. So yes. like, did you have past experience as an opponent with somebody that became your teammate? You know what? I, I don't, Michelle was a year older than me, so I don't, and we didn't play Canby a lot. They're out in Richmond and we were out in Port Coquitlam. So I think we, yeah, we came across them a couple of times, but not, not so much on my team. I don't remember there being um, a rivalry from high school, but definitely throughout the league and just playing against other people on other teams. Um, I'm trying to think of some off the top of my head. I can't remember their names. There was a girl who played for Prince George who beat us in the, um, semifinals of uh the provincials in high school her name was kareen leninga um and she was amazing and she ended up playing for pg no what's the university UNBC. college in umbc in umbc yes yeah so we played against her there and um at malspina there's christina chi um i don't know if you've heard that name but she was right. such an amazing setter uh jamie broder over there as well who went on to play at ubc um yeah, some really good rivalries with girls my age that, yeah, went, we played in high school together or against each other and then again um, later on in life. Yeah, just looking at that roster, you were the only player from the Tri-Cities area. So I guess there wouldn't have, there was some players from uh, obviously from Richmond and then from Prince George as well, mm -hmm. Dutchess Park High School. So, yeah, yeah, I guess you were coming into a, a team of players that you probably had never seen or competed against before. Um, Most of them, yeah. Yeah, the 0304 uh, all-star teams, yeah, you, they didn't list the rookie team, but um, you were a first-team all-star every season from 0405 to 0607. So, um, yeah, I couldn't find the rookie listings for that year, but, um, yeah, it's pretty cool that you got recognized. Mm -hmm. um, 
what did you what was cap's success like uh in the conference your first couple of years obviously you were building towards what would be hosting a national championship in your last year so did you guys feel like that was ultimately the the goal every year was that a was that a reality for you was that spoken about getting to nationals i mean yeah it was Dej was always looking that much ahead you know it was we never won a provincial title but that was obviously always the goal every year um and then beyond that he never doubted that we could make it to nationals and win nationals and we never did but he had that um he had that belief in us every year and that was always the goal um we came i think we came second a few years in provincials um only made it to national only went to nationals in my first year and they were in ontario i can't remember where somewhere in toronto i think um, and then obviously the last year, which we didn't even qualify for, um, right. we got in as a, as a birth because we were hosting, which is another story I'm sure we'll get into later right. on, but, yeah. um, yeah, I mean, they were always the goal. We never quite achieved that goal, um, which is a regret, but I mean, we played as, as good and as hard as we could. And it just, um, there was some good teams in our, in our league we had, rivals um incredible rivals against Malspina which you said they're what are they called now um Malspina it's now it's Vancouver it's VIU Vancouver Island University right and then we used to call them OUC with Okanagan University College but now I think they're UBCO right right? yeah so they were our two rivals and they were always incredible teams um and we'd all always go back and forth beating each other um and unfortunately we never we never beat them when it was uh meaningful except for at nationals in my fourth year right yeah i mean the the conference was different in those days like nowadays there's college of the rockies which is in cranbrook and yeah. then um uh, but there's no unbc ufv actually is now transferred to the u sports level so oh, really yeah so it's a little more local with one really long road trip and then a trip to nanaimo for viu so okay i mean you, you would have gone up to Kelowna for for um oh you for UBC what's now UBCO and you would have gone up to Prince George so do you do you have any memories of how you guys used to travel oh it was so much fun um we we had more road trips than that we went to UCC University College of the Caribou which which is now Thompson Rivers and that's our new sports program yeah yeah um and then Cranbrook we went to Cranbrook too we we played at College of the Rockies um and then when we went to the island we'd go to Malaspina and Camosun College I don't know what there's if they're still yep. called that. Yeah, um, so we, still around. Yep. We road tripped all the time. It was like every second weekend we were piling on the bus um, with the men's team. Okay. Um, and it was, it was always known that the men would be shoved to the back of the bus and we'd get the front of the bus. And if we got caught mingling with them, Dej would just <laughs> freak out. <laughs> uh, especially on the way there, we were supposed to be focusing on the games on the way back. We, it was a little more lenient, but um, the road trips were so much fun. Um, we'd go and we'd play our however many games we'd usually play someone on the Friday night and then we'd get up early and drive and then we'd play another team on the Saturday night and then we'd either if we stayed over we'd find you know the local bar and and we just yeah we'd go out and have a blast like I said it was a lot about (laughs) the partying and the volleyball and not a lot about the academics especially the first few years Um, but the road trips were a blast. Yeah it's not necessarily glamorous travel on a bus but I've had the opportunity to travel that way as well. And I wouldn't change, I wouldn't trade it for anything just because of the nonsense that would go on. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. 
Real quick, just a friendly PSA reminder for all your blues, notes, and news. Follow us on social media on Instagram and Twitter. We are at Capilano Blues. Yeah, just looking through some of the the first and second team All-Stars um, in your 04, 05, 05, 06. 05, 06 was the first year that you were named the Conference Player of the Year. Um, uh, along with you as an All-Star that year was Michelle Albles, who, um, who, who, you'd, who you'd mentioned as being a great setter. Um, oh, some, of the other, some of the other uh, players that, that made All-Star teams from Cap in those years, Jessica Anderson, what can you tell us about her as a player? We only played one year together. Um, I can't remember where she went off. She was an incredible player. Um, we were lucky to have her for the one year we had her. Um, she was awesome. Do you happen to know actually where she ended up or did no. she end up in the States or? I only know her name no. from reading it off this list. That's oh, okay. uh, like you said, it's going back into the archives a fair bit here, but um, yeah, I mean, if I can, if I can find out more about some of these individuals as we go on and the person I, I need to ask is Milt Williams who's my boss now so oh Milt oh my goodness I haven't heard that name in forever <laughs> yeah so when you were at CAP he was kind of occupying the role that I have I believe yes uh, as well as doing uh, rec for the whole campus and a lot of other things so he's <laughs> uh, he he's moved into the role that Joe Yacobellis had and um, so he's my boss and he knows so much about uh, Capu history because he's been around forever yes. so he'd be able to to tell us a little bit and um i will definitely be sharing our our podcast with him when when we've got a little bit of the bank of them built up so yeah mm -hmm. milt would be a good guy to sort of know who did what he has good memory for that sort of thing for sure um i guess we're, we're progressing towards the 0607 year which is a pretty pivotal one for yourself wound up being your final year at cap and you would have come into that season knowing that you're hosting the national championships um Obviously, you know, that means you get to go to the national championships no matter what. But mm -hmm. do you recall Wayne Desjardins addressing that and being like, you know, we can't take it easy just because we know we've automatically are going to be going? Like, how did he how do you remember him trying to motivate you through that year? Oh, yeah, absolutely. It was, you know, nothing. He, he didn't want to settle for less than first place and then winning the provincial championships. Um so it, it was pretty heartbreaking when we didn't even, you know, get into that final game for first and second. Um, bittersweet because we knew we were going, but really disappointing, especially my last year, because we never did win a provincial championship. That, that wasn't the one we could call, you know, ours. Um, but it, it is what it is. And um, yeah, what we did at the national final sort of made up for that, I think. Right. Yeah, so through the last couple of years of you playing at Cap, Malaspina was a strong team. Um, we've talked about how they're VIU now. They continue to be a really strong women's volleyball program. Uh, most of their sports are quite strong, actually. Um, what do you What do you remember about particular individuals or that that particular rivalry uh, playing against Malaspina? That was probably one that was always highlighted on the calendar. Oh, yes. Um, I, if you can believe it, I can't tell you how many times we played them. Um, gosh, it had to be in the 30s or 40s. And the only time in my four years that we beat them when it meant anything was that national final or not. Sorry, uh, they were the semifinal, I believe. Right. Yep. Yeah. Was. Um, mm -hmm. We, you know, we scrimmaged against them. We actually went to the Cayman Islands with them in my fourth wow. year as well. So oh, wow. those games obviously didn't mean anything. So we'd, you know, we, we beat them a couple of times there and, I think we beat them a couple of times during league play when it didn't really matter. 
Um, but the only time, yeah, that we beat them when it was an important game um, was that national semifinal. So that was a huge, huge thing for us and for myself personally. All right, a little bit of a detour. The Cayman Islands, I did not know about that road trip. Um, road trip, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was no road involved. It was one of the few times you probably flew anywhere, probably as yes. a cap athlete. But um, how did that come about? And like, was there other colleges or universities there from other countries, or was it what was the format of that trip? I know it was just ourselves and Malaspina traveled together um, okay. to the Cayman Islands. Uh, Dej and Shane Hyde, who we spoke briefly yep. about before um they were close like huge rivals um right. hated each other on the court but they were quite quite close um off the court from what i can remember so yeah they organized this trip and um i think from what i can remember we just did a bunch of scrimmages and the rest was you know beach time and we went and saw the to a turtle farm and we got to swim with stingrays and it was it was over um the Christmas holidays, it was after Christmas. And then we came right. back after New Year's. So we spent New Year's there. Yeah. And it was kind of cool because there's these girls from Malaspina that I've been playing against for years and we're rivals and we're not supposed to like each other, but we finally got the opportunity to get to know each other Yep. Um, and hang out together and sort of party together. So that was, uh, that was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that that's interesting. I mean, I imagine there's a lot of players you look across on the other side of the net, people you probably particularly didn't like would have found it <laughs> annoying uh, because they were so good and because yes. of the rivalry. But I mean, ultimately you're going to find similarities. You're college athletes competing at a high level competitive. Um, so it's not surprising you find out they're actually kind of cool people once you get to spend yeah. time with them. But yeah, like I had mentioned her name before, Christina Chi, she's this setter um, for Malaspina and one of the best setters I've ever played against. And <laughs> I did not like her on the court at all. Um, and I think Rudy Kitzman would be another one. I don't know if you recognize that name. Um, really good power hitter uh, playing for them as well. And yeah, we we became not close, but we sort of kept in touch. Uh, whatever the version of social media was back then, I can't remember. I think it was Facebook. Um, so yeah, it was cool to see that they're real people like, and they're actually pretty nice. Not the, the you know, jerks on the other side of the net that uh, we're not supposed to get along with. So what a neat experience. Did you have to fundraise quite a bit for that? Or did mom and dad, just, so. everyone's parents have to just shell out for a big trip? I don't remember. I, I feel like we probably had to go to mom and dad for some of that. But uh, yeah, that's part of it. I don't remember how we how we came up with that cash. Awesome. What a cool experience to have. I mean, tropical destination right in the middle of our winter and all that sort of thing. That, uh, mm -hmm. that is a, that's a really cool experience that you, you know, you and all your teammates and, and the other athletes wouldn't have experienced unless having been a, an athlete at the college level. And um, thanks for sharing the memories. That's uh, that's a really cool story. Mm -hmm. So that would have been right in the middle of the 06, 07 year. So yeah. again, you guys are your team and Malaspina progressing towards nationals. Um, does anything stand out from conference for that year? Like um, obviously you knew you were going and it was still important to perform at a high level. Do you, do you recall sort of how the ups and downs of the season went? Did you feel like you were getting better as the season went on or did you peak at the right time? Did you feel? Uh, myself personally or the team or both? I was talking about the team, but if team. You know, anything comes to mind, it's we're going back a ways. I know. I, I feel like we, on paper, we were a young team in my fourth year. I think I was the only fourth year and I, don't know if there was any third year. I think Tegan, who we discussed briefly, I think she was third year. But other than that, I think everyone was first and second year. And uh, so on paper, we were a young team, um, but we had some really good recruits um, right out of 
college or sorry, right out of high school. Um, and I know, you know, some of these names, Kat Mahana, right. um, Claire Ferguson, Carly Deasing. Um, I think Kat might've been in her second year, but Claire and Carly were, you know, fresh out of high school and they were just, they were babies and they reminded me of myself coming into my first year, like just what is going on. Um, just the adjustment from coming out of high school, going into college. Um, so I don't know if the expectations were super high, um, just having such a young team, um, but having such incredibly good players coming out of high school, you know, I think we should have done better for sure in, in the provincials. Um, but like I said, we sort of um, show what we could do coming out of the conference and going to nationals. Um, I think we proved ourselves there for sure. Right. Now, uh, by this point, you're a fourth year player. You would have already been the conference player of the year. So I imagine going into any given conference weekend, you were a focal point of the opposition's defense. Like, do you recall how things changed in other teams' approaches to you? Um, yeah, I mean, sometimes they would throw up three blockers against me. Um, I somehow found a way to, to get by them. Um, I don't remember exactly how they changed, like what they were doing on their defense. Um, but I was, I became very good at sort of figuring that out early. And uh, if they would throw up three blockers, that means they were taking somebody away from behind them. So I just tip it to where they came from. And it's just, I got smarter. I got a lot smarter as the years went on, you know, first and second year, you just go up and smash and try to hit it as hard as you can. Whereas third and fourth year, I sort of started to figure, figure it out. It doesn't always have to be a power kill or a six pack or, or, or something like that. You, you play smart and tips are considered kills as well, right? To just get that ball on the floor so they can't return it. So and what happened uh, was you you had become a, a savvy grizzled veteran by that point. I think, yeah, sure. That's a good word for it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, okay. So let's, let's zoom ahead to the provincials of that year. So again, you know, you're going to be going to the nationals, but it's important to every team that hosts a tournament like that, where they have an automatic berth that they don't sort of skate their way in and they want to feel like they win their way in. So what do you remember about that provincial tournament? Not much, to be honest. Um, the, obviously the focal point of that year and my career was those nationals and those memories are so still so vivid in my mind. So I don't honestly remember who we played in the semifinals that year in provincials and if I, I think it looks like through. it was at it was in it was at UBCO in Kelowna. Okay. Um, looks like uh, the court. You guys had a buy into the semis, and you played um, you played UBCO in that first game. That sounds about right. I think and it went five only, sets. Yeah, heartbreaking probably at the end. I would imagine. Jennifer Dixon, um, player of the game for Cap, uh, was a player named Tammy Thorpe. Tammy Thomas. Tammy Thomas. Okay. Yeah. I'm listing part of the name on the page here, but anyways, yeah, that was that game. It went five sets, obviously dramatic and obviously a heartbreaking way to go, to go out. For sure. And I mean, it puts that extra pressure on the finals too, because I don't think second place, I don't think UBCO got to go to the nationals because we had their right. birth, if I'm not mistaken. So that put more pressure on that game. Um, but yeah, UBCO and Malaspina were the only two teams we ever lost to when it counted. Um, mm. So it doesn't surprise me that you tell me it was UBCO that beat us in, in the semifinals. But um, yeah, I mean, disappointing that we never went further um, with provincials. We never won a provincial title. Um, 
So not, not, not one of my finest moments, <laughs> maybe one of, you can call it my regrets, um, definitely in that fourth year that we didn't earn our way into the nationals that we sort of slid in because we were hosting. Right. Um, but maybe motivating going into those nationals. And I don't know how much time there was between the provincial tournament and the nationals. I think nowadays it's two or three weeks. So I think it was, were, about, it was about, about the what same. it was. Yeah. So do you recall how you guys spent those few weeks? Did Wayne give you some time off? just to totally no. reset. No. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> not a thing that's I, uh, in his vocabulary. Again, foggy memory, but I know we wouldn't have gotten any time off. Um, we would have practiced hard every opportunity we had. Um, especially he was big on because we were playing in our gym, just having it set up. Like we were going to have it set up for nationals, the court being, you know, large size with the bleachers pulled out. Um, we did a lot of stuff, um, sort of mimicking what it would look like and what it would be like. Um, to be playing there so I, from what i remember that would have been the prep for sure that we would have done right so national tournament do you recall like obviously the gym was maybe configured a bit different was there more people on average in the gym watching games especially your your games as the host team or the mal games with them being not too far away i've never played for a crowd that big before <laughs> i've never yeah sat in a crowd that big for a volleyball match um it was nerve wracking, but it was, it was incredible. It was, um, I mean, I played the best volleyball of my career. I don't know where it came from. Um, I don't know how nerves didn't get the best of me because, you know, there was, they were, they were jam packed. There was people having to watch through those windows, um, at the end. Um, and people that, I don't know, probably had to stream it online because there wasn't enough room for all the fans that wanted to come in. It was, um, it was something else. That's cool. I mean, this is going to wind up being your final competitive games as a, as a cap player. So it sounds like, you know, you go out on a high, obviously with everyone wants to play in an atmosphere like that as an athlete. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't happen a lot for your average Saturday afternoon game against Camosun college, but mm -hmm. to get to have that experience at least once in your career is I'm sure looking back um, uh, a rewarding memory. Oh, it was, yeah, to finish things off with a bang. Um, couldn't have asked for, um, couldn't have asked for anything more. I mean, I had some of my girlfriends in the stands. They had shirts made with my picture on them. Uh, they had signs. It was, um, yeah, it was it, something I'll cherish. My memory I'll cherish forever. So you guys had a tough road at the Nationals. Your first game was against Mount Royal. I don't know if you're remembering this in any detail. It went five sets, and that's the theme, because every single match you played was a five-setter at, uh, at Nationals. And the first one, the fifth set went to extra points that you wound up winning at 21-19 after <laughs> um, four other long sets. Like, Do you recall any detail or, or anything uh, about that first no, game against I, Mount Royal? <laughs> I, I don't remember any details except that there is a picture of us on the court and the moment that we won. And okay. I think, I don't know if it was in the paper or it's, I, I have it uh, somewhere, but I'm on my knees just like screaming. And I think, um, I can't remember what Kat, Kat Mahan is doing there. She's doing like, she's obviously very excited and Carly Deasing's in there and Marina, who we spoke about um, just these outrageously, we're all doing this different excited you know, celebratory screams and the pitcher captured it and you can see the crowd going nuts in the background. It's just, it's the coolest, the coolest picture. I don't think um, I've seen that one. So I, yeah, I wish I could I'll... show people, but <laughs> that's, yeah. um, that's one of my, um, one of my strongest memories from that particular game. Right. Um, 
I didn't realize it had gone up to 2119. I didn't, I didn't remember that part. I can't even imagine how nervous I must have been kind of block that out, but. Right. And so that, that win set the stage for the rematch against Malaspina. Mm -hmm. Malaspina had beaten Nipissing University in straight Mm -hmm. sets and their other match without too much trouble. So that sets the stage for you and Mal, who I, you know, it sounds like this was one of the few times where you got them when it counted and it went, it went five sets again. It sure Uh, did. And so maybe this one's coming back to you in a bit more detail. Not, not as much as I wish it it would. I mean, I think there's, these were all video recorded games. I know I have the national final somewhere on a DVD. I could go back and watch it, but I just remember they couldn't like nobody could stop me I every like cat sets were just like so on point and every time I went up whether it was a tip or uh um or a kill shot I mean it's it's incredible I I can't ever remember a time in my career being so on and it couldn't have come at a better time obviously and I feel sort of like I'm I'm bragging but it just it's a feeling I can't describe um, playing in front of all these people and just playing the best volleyball of my life. It was, um, yeah, it came, like I said, it came at the right time and it came at a time where I needed to beat Malspina. Um, I'd never beat them when it mattered. And, uh, and we did. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's such an awesome story. I mean, to think back to like just how much success you were having when it mattered the most. Um, I mean, that's as an athlete, that's, that's what you want. So um mm-hmm. To have that memory uh, in your in your memory banks is well, it's awesome. No one will ever be able to take that from you. And you no. you, d- you played as well as you could when it mattered the most, and finally got the better of Malaspina, the long uh, long hated rival from the <laughs> island, and got yourselves into the national final, which uh, wound up being, uh, I guess. Do you remember who you played in the final? I'm just trying to find the the matchup here. I can't remember what oh. they were called. Oh yeah. So they're from Alberta. This is Grant McEwen college. Yes. Yeah. Grant McEwen. And I think that one only went four sets. It did. Unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yes. you guys must've had a bit of fatigue. I don't know. I guess you, the games were probably back to back to back. I don't know if you had any days off in there. I don't think so. No, I think so, they were back to back. It was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday type thing. Um, and yeah, the, just the emotion and the physical game, um, the first two, it's mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm sure, yeah, fatigue definitely was a part of it, but you have to remember we were the last seed in against all these incredible teams from across Canada. So I don't know if they were just better than us or, or if it was fatigue, but. um, I think emotion too, right? You think about how much emotion you would have spent in the Mal game to try and, to try and get (laughs) up and summon the same amount of enthusiasm for the next game is that's difficult for any team from young kids on up to pros. So I imagine you know, just trying to get as into it again for a second day would have probably been a real challenge. For sure. I'm sure. Yeah. It took its toll. Um, and that's, yeah, that's sort of the way I look at it. Had we gone in fresh, maybe like we did for Grant McEwen and, and Malaspina, maybe things would have turned out differently, but I'm so proud of the team and what we did. And as devastating as the loss was like, it's in, in, what we did was incredible. And uh, obviously as tough as, as that was to, to take on your home gym, not uh, being able to come away with the ultimate prize, you were wound up being named the MVP of the tournament and um, your teammates, Kat was named to the first all-star team. Claire was named to the second all-star team. 
well-deserved. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I robbed somebody on Grant McEwen. The team that wins is supposed to get the MVP. Um, so I kind of felt a little like I cheated them a little bit, but at the same time, I mean, I, I felt like I deserved it. And uh, um, yeah, I was so honored. I was also, I'll tell you, very distracted because I had been approached right after the game um, and they, to let me know that I was going to be um, randomly drug tested. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> yeah, you know how they, they do that. Um, I don't know okay. if they choose somebody provincials. They sort of they threatened that they were going to do it randomly throughout my whole career. And I'd never known anybody to be tested or heard of anybody that I knew to be tested. And then we lost. I'm crying. Somebody <laughs> comes up to me and they're like, as soon as awards are over, you need to come with us. You're being drug tested. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's not so. something you've, you come across at any point coming up, but at a national tournament, there's um that's that's the kind of thing that happens when you got a national governing body looking yeah. after your event so yeah sure. what uh you're getting tugged in all sorts of different directions um yeah, yeah. um and then later that I, think, I guess it's after this after this all uh is finished and done with you are named the ccaa national player of the year um and do you recall finding out about that i think i knew beforehand i received that award at the banquet Okay. So the banquet was first, like before any of the games started, I think, oh, all right. um, sort of a, you know, a nice, we got nice and dressed up, um, semi-formal sort of thing, um, for all the teams. And I, I think they just sort of, you know, introduce everybody and tell you how the tournament is going to work. And they served a nice dinner, um, and they gave out some of the, yeah, some of those sort of CCA awards that night, um, blown away absolutely blown away like what an honor how many how many deserving athletes across the country was i up against for that so that was just i yeah there's there's pictures of me afterwards just like in shock so um and i'm sure you were the the blues female athlete of the year that year as well do you recall all of the uh, awards banquets you would have would have had at uh, cap over the years yeah i certainly do that one yeah was an incredible honor um I don't remember where that one was held um, that particular year, but they were always a blast too. And just seeing uh, all the other sports, because we kind of become friends with the people on the other sports teams, not so much as like the volleyball community, but you know, the girls soccer and the girls basketball, we all knew each other and it was really nice to see them get recognized for their achievements. And, uh, and again, going up against all the athletes, especially that year, I remember there were some really good ones and across all the sports, um, another incredible honor, overwhelming all the, all the recognition. It was, um, yeah. Something else so, I wanted to ask you about earlier that I'd forgotten was, did you commute from, from Port Coquitlam to cap the entire time? Or did you wind up getting onto the North shore for a bit of that? Three of the four years I commuted, um, wow. I lived with, I moved in with one of my good friends who I became really close with from she was from Prince George her name was Erin Chinchilla and we got a place together just down the road um, behind the superstore at the bottom of the oh, hill yeah. there um, kind of a dumpy apartment but it was the first time I lived on my own and uh, so we lived together in my third year I lived out there um, but years one two and four I commuted from my parents house in Poco yeah 
Wow. Yeah. I've done that. I did that commute for a while. I'm on the North shore now, but uh, nice. man, the traffic, I don't think was quite as heavy in those days, but it must've, you must've had some nightmares getting to and from. I still. sure did that stupid bridge. Um, <laughs> if there was a problem on that bridge, it was, I was late for uh, a few classes and a few practices for sure. Yeah. It gets backed up. Like when you're leaving, sometimes it's backed up right to the cap parking lot. So yeah, brutal. Uh, and I've been in a couple of those anyways, that's uh that's really wanting it to go through that kind of um, to and from just to get for, for volleyball and all your courses and stuff like that. So mm -hmm. um, yeah. And I mean, every, everybody does it to some extent, but um, <laughs> it's, it's never fun when you're caught in it. No, uh, and I would, uh, I would try and, you know, mooch my way into sleeping over at somebody's house every now and then, if I didn't feel like driving home or if I had to be there super early for a class the next morning, some right. of the girls lived in the area. So I definitely had a couple of sleepovers. So that kind of concludes your run at um, at CAP. Four seasons culminating in the, the National Silver Medal and the CCA Player of the Year. Do you recall what your first year after competing and being a student athlete was? It can be a tough transition for some people. Yeah, I, uh, I'm in probably sort of a unique situation where you're going to talk to people who are so heavily involved in a sport for so long, they continue on with it, either playing or coaching. Um, I have since that national final have not done anything <laughs> with wow. volleyball um i played beach a couple of times just for fun mm -hmm. um but i mean coaching was never really my thing i uh, i helped deja with volleyball camps and i ran some volleyball camps in my high school days for younger kids too and it just i don't know it never it never appealed to me i wanted to play i didn't i didn't want to coach right um and then after i left cap and after the national final my priorities sort of changed and I wasn't really taking any courses at CAP that, that did anything for me. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I took every 100 level class you can think of um, <laughs> just to get by, just because I wanted to play, but I didn't know what I wanted to do. I started off in the kinesiology program and I didn't like it. And I decided that's not what I want to do. Um, and along the way, I just never figured it out. So I was taking geography 100, uh, philosophy 100, business 100. I took astronomy in my last year thinking yep. it would be cool and about planets and it was physics and I almost failed it and I'm so lucky I didn't or I wouldn't have been able to play one of the semesters um so when I left CAP I was like okay I gotta figure this out I gotta figure out what I want to do and I took some time to work um in a restaurant save up some money and somewhere along the way I decided I wanted to be a psychiatric nurse so that's what I did and then I started my family and those were my priorities and I you know, I cherish my memories as a blue and as uh, a volleyball player, and I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world, but that's sort of where I am now. Um, yeah. And I hope my daughter plays because I'd love to get back into it. Um, whether it just be watching and helping her out at some point, but that's where we're at now. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing that, uh, that memory and the kind of the journey you took after cap, because yeah, I mean, you're still a young person. You've, you've played four years of high level volleyball but you're still a young person you're 22 maybe 23 years old when you finish so I mean I recall thinking I should have known exactly what I was going to do by that point but I I can kind of sympathize I, I recognize that I didn't really know exactly what I was doing when I finished my uh, my post-secondary education either so yeah it's perfectly understandable it gives you some good perspective for for when your own kids are coming up mm -hmm, for sure um, I, I wanted to, I meant to ask you about Carly Deasing because two years after you were national player of the year, she 
winds up winning that award as well. So you just, I think, overlap for one year. Yeah. Um, but she kind of, I imagine, learned from you a fair bit. And she was a Tri-Cities athlete as well. I think she went to Charles Best. She did, yeah. I remember uh, that. What do you remember about her as a player and um, how she developed as a, as a high-level athlete? Uh, I mean, you sent me a bunch of links and I actually was going through some of the old, you know, um, the league leader stuff. And I was going through to see who won awards, like, you know, years after, if I see if I recognize any of the names and I saw that Carly had won this, it was the CCA player of the year. She was just like you. Yeah. It didn't surprise me at all. Um, she was such an incredible athlete in that first year. Um, you know, once she got over the shell shock that everybody has, um, starting in their first year, um, I could tell she was going to be amazing. Um, one of the nicest, funniest people I played with and one of the smartest, I think she had some sort of crazy 4.25 GPA, um, in her first year, which is unheard of the year that I started. We were all just barely scraping by, but, um, yeah, incredible human, incredible player, not surprised at all that she did so well, um, in the years after I left. Yeah, well, your your pictures still hang in our offices. <laughs> There's been nine cap players that have been uh, in various sports: the CCA Player of the Year, and yourself, and Carly, and um, Simon Friesen from men's volleyball recently. Okay. They, he won it in 2017, 18, I think. Um, and the men's volleyball team won a national championship last year. Don't know. If oh, you knew that. finally! Yay! I'm yeah. so happy to hear that. Yeah. And it was Cap's first national championship in any sport since I think 2010, 11. So it had been a little while as first for Milt as the athletic director. And um, they're still the reigning champs because no one's played since. I guess not. That's exciting. I remember, yeah, our guys, the years I was there, I think they came second, maybe once or twice, but I don't think they ever. Yeah. Actually, I think there was two years in a row where they, where they came second. I think so. so yeah. 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 So yeah, if, and when we get back to playing games, that banner is going to go up to the rafters and we'd love to have you and some of your teammates out for uh, a night of volleyball at, at uh, cap U. Ooh, playing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like I said, I haven't touched the volleyball. Oh, we're going on like 15 years. So that'd be just great to get you like back. It's like riding a bike or if it's like, ooh, it it'd be, be great to just get you and some of the alums back in the gym to watch the current team play. Oh, for sure. I'd love to watch. Yeah. Love to see how things are there now. Well, fingers crossed for the coming year. We'll, we'll see how things go with vaccine rollout and whatnot, but um, fingers crossed that we can have some competitive games in the, in the season ahead. Absolutely. Well, uh, thanks so much for chatting with us today. Some great stories. I think you probably recalled more than you thought you were going to, but um, I really appreciate you sharing your memories of your time at CAP. My pleasure. Like I said, when you called, I was, I was shocked and I was super nervous and thought, oh my gosh, I don't remember anything from back then. But yeah, the more I thought about it, the more the, the memories came rolling back, uh, especially with the, you know, team photos and, and league leader lists that you sent me. It's, um, it's still pretty fresh in there. I was, I was surprised, but it's been fun uh, reminiscing. So thank you for having me. Awesome. Awesome stuff. Thanks for chatting with us. My pleasure. And that's going to do it. Thanks for joining us. That was Jennifer Dixon, Jennifer Knight nowadays, in our second episode of the Cap U Blues podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. And look for us next time on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Also, if you have any thoughts, any feedback, you can always reach us at bluesathletics at gmail.com.